begin. Good morning. My name is Clarissa Pickens and I will be your moderator for this morning's class. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denomination, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. At this time, I would like to introduce to you the Dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis, and the President, Dr. Edward Yule. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the word or son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any letters or characters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of the Heavenly Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, Everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. 
Yahweh, nor the man, could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua, the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by a divine pattern of the universe. It is called a divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The constitutional objectives and or aims of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without the distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth.
And at this time, we'll have a prayer by Dr. Pedro Dominguez. And our scripture lesson this morning will be 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter, and that will be read by Dr. Lauren Lewis. Good, evening, good morning, class. Uh, let, us let us bow our hearts and minds in this beautiful day to, to give thanks to Yahshua, our Messiah, for his holy name that he's given this great, this, this great vision that we can learn and preach his name and uh, it's a great blessing, it's a great thing to have it, have his spirit so that we can teach others about the true name, Yahshua and the true gospel, Yahshua's Yahweh Elam's vision and uh, I hope the speakers on the floor are enlightened and have a, a, a good uh, a good uh, knowledge and wisdom of uh, of the, that they can uh, see where they're going and uh, see where they what they see what they want to share with the rest of the class and uh, this great vision is a stupendous vision and uh, we that hasn't been refuted no one can refute what's been taught here. Uh, with these blessings and prayers, I ask Yahshua to help us and to always be with us. In Yahweh, Yeshua, and I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to say good morning to the class. And I'll be reading out of the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testament, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts. Scripts revised by the late A.B. Trana, that is 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of Yahweh and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit these things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, and to the doctrine which is according to purity, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doing about questions excuse me, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil, some sizings, excuse me, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing they gain is righteousness, for such withdraw thyself. But righteousness with contentment is great gain. For we bought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith 
and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of Yahweh, flee these things and follow after righteousness, purity, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of Yahweh, who quickeneth all things and before Yahshua the Messiah, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable unto the appearing of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah which in his time he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the king of kings and ruler of rulers, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Charge them that are rich in this age, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living Elohim, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to share, willing to bestow, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with you. That was 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter. Hallelujah. And I'd like to say good morning to the class once again. Our scripture, less, scripture readers this morning will be uh, Drs. Felicia Hamilton and Dr. Lauren Lewis. And this morning, uh, we have, this is a special topic Sunday, and the topic is Yahweh's purpose through the dispensations and ages. And we ask that if you are caught on today, uh, so please send your discourse around this topic. Thank you. And for our first speaker, I'm happy to call from our Southfield, Michigan class, Dr. Sharon Lewis. Dr. Lewis. I would like to say good morning to the class. And um, it's a joy to be here. I appreciate that Yahweh has allowed me once again to be on this Zoom format and to be able to um, be a partaker of this glorious teaching. Um, I am very thankful this morning that um, I've been called into the fold and that we as sons of Yahweh, he's sharing things with his son in these last days. And he's causing us to be a recipient of his spirit if we trust wholly in him. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful. I'm thankful that Yahweh saw fit for me to be one of those that have a knowledge of him that I can say, I know my creator as he really is and actually exists. And I always like to start off by saying that in case there's first time people out there in the um, Zoom world, uh, whether or not they've ever heard this before, 
but this teaching is a product of a divine vision and revelation, which was given to the founder of this school. And his name was Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley. And he had this divine stupendous vision like none other in the year of 1931. The vision that Dr. Kinley had was the vision that Moses on the, Isle of Pat, on, on the Mount had, Mount Sinai, and John on the Isle of Patmos. It's his vision, Dr. Kinley, was not different. He confirmed the things that they said as well. Now, Dr. Kinley said he had this vision from the creator himself. And this vision has been on three ecclesiastical peace missions. <laughs> It has gone around the world. It has been in the Vatican in front of Pope, the Pope at that time. I think that was in 1961 or 67, I'm not sure. And it has been in front of magistrates and powers to be, if you will. And these charts was rolled down and the vision was given as Dr. Kinley received it. It was freely given. And one of the vessels that was, I think it was one of the vessels that had accompanied them in that peace mission had also said, or maybe I'm quoting something that Dr. Kenley said, that it is our indispensable duty as recipients of this gospel to preach it like it was given and to maintain the things that we have heard and to remember from where we've heard them from. That's remembering where what we got in the beginning and pass that along because we understand that this teaching has the power to resurrect a man from a dead state. So back to Dr. Kenley, he was a minister in the, in the Church of God for some 15 years and he preached what he knew at that time. And Yahweh gave him this, this vision and he accompanied it with the revelation. And Dr. Kinley was known to have said or documented to, said, to say that he would never be the same and that he saw things that, you know, when he was taken up to the third heaven, so to speak. And Yahweh just showed him the mysteries that has been hidden. And that's in Colossians 1 and 26, if someone can get that for me. Uh, briefly, and I'll wait for that scripture because it is important. We're talking about things that we're not bragging about them. It's not the concept of a man. It didn't come from any man. It came from the spirit of Yahweh, from Yahweh himself that was in, contained and inhabited that body of Dr. Kenley to allow him to be able to give this vision like he received it with no man's interpretation, but Yahweh's only interpretation or revelation of it. Mm -hmm. So read that scripture for me, please. Colossians 1 and 26. Mm -hmm. Even the mystery, which hath been hid from ages and from generations, no. but now is made manifest to his sons. And I like the way she said that because it's the emphasis, but now, mm. and that now is after a vision yourself after an understanding of revealing from Yahweh is being made manifest. And that's what happened 
with the founder of the school. So, and he was able to tell people's as the Messiah was, their thoughts. He was able to predict things as the Messiah did, heal people as the Messiah did. You see what I'm saying? There's only one spirit that was not Dr. Kenley. The man, Dr. Kenley, couldn't do it. So when I, Yahweh had me thinking about, it's interesting that the topic today is the ages and dispensation because that's where he had me. He's been having me think a lot on what's going on in this world, what's happening now, where we are, what we are witnessing. He's saying to me, watch, don't close your eyes. The things that are happening is a direct result of what Yahweh has purposed from the beginning of time. But everyone don't know that. They think it's by haphazard things are happening, but it's not. Yahweh is causing these events to unfold because he has a purpose and he has a plan, which he's always had through the dispensation and ages. Now I said to you, this division, this teaching, this vision was given to Dr. Kenley in the year of 1931. Dr. Kenley passed in the year of 1976. That makes 45 years that Dr. Kenley in the flesh preached this gospel. As I indicated, it went around the world and everyone that he met and knew he told about this gospel. These schools were established and we recently saw the, um, the history of the IDMR and the school that we, you know, that we are now participating in these classes. This history of how this school got started is just amazing. If you haven't seen it, endeavor to try to find it and to see it. But he preached for 45 years. And, the, and the, what, he's, what Yahweh has been making me realize is they never changed his story. The story remained the same for 45 years that he preached. And that's a point in itself, you see. He didn't alter it. It didn't sound different. He revealed things as Yahweh gave it and Yahweh gave it all to him when he saw that divine vision. The name, the true name of the creator, the divine tabernacle pattern, the ages and dispensations, the law and the prophets, how the teaching, how Yahweh actually spoke those things in the law and the prophets, and they were fulfilled by Yahshua the Messiah to a jot and to a tittle. I never knew that. Everything written in the so-called Old Testament of your Bible was fulfilled by a jot and a tittle. That's the crossing of a T and dotting of the I. In other words, nothing was left out. So 45 years up until his death in 1976, Dr. Kinley preached. This year is 2021. If you subtract 1976 from 2021, that's 45 years. So he preached 45 years in the flesh. And to this day, it's been 45 years. Now this to me is significant. That's a total of 90 years. This teaching has been in the world for 90 years, marking this year, 2021. Yahweh made me think, you know, 
zeros have no value. So look at the nine principle out of that 90 year. And it made me think of that woman. See, we're that woman waiting to be delivered. In other words, this soul that we have waiting to be delivered or to give birth to the spirit, you see, taken off the flesh is what I'm trying to say. I hope, I don't want to be, I'm not esoteric. I don't want to be, you know, conflicting or anything. I want, the, the gospel is simple and it's pure. And what Dr. Kenley had showed those recipients is there's the basic, it's the simple things that confound the mighty. If we've taken something natural, that's Romans 1, 19 and 20. It's taken something natural to understand the spirit side of it because Yahweh is spirit. So all he's given us to do is to look at the physical. And when we look at that physical, there is a spiritual principle behind it. That's in everything. You see? And so we're looking at the years that this teaching has been in this world, 90 years. Well, not, let's look at that nine principle or that birth of a child. It takes nine months for a woman to have a baby, to carry a baby. And she goes through the stages of development, three primary trimesters, and they're all significant. Therefore, the development of that child, that's a really a whole nother story too, it's so much. Everything just keeps adding on. You say one thing and you can go 12 different ways with it in principle that Yahweh has showed us about. So you've got the three trimesters, you know, that that baby is going through development. Well, the last part of that childbirth, this is right before the child is born, is called the transition period, transitional transition. You can look it up on the internet. Now we're talking about childbirth. This is this woman who over in Revelation, it talks about she was, um, think of something like waiting, but the pain of childbirth waiting to be delivered. I'm not gonna call a lot of scriptures, but this baby in the trans, this woman having in her last phase of childbirth is in the transitional period. This is what's considered as the final phase. Now, what I'm saying to you, I, I am meditating. Yahweh, this is what came to my mind, you know, and I just want to share. And I know you've heard it. Other people have said it before, and it's just been on my mind. What's going on right now is a type of that woman in her transitional period of childbirth right now. That transitional period of childbirth is called the last stage. And that is the, when the woman's uterus is going to go from at least seven to 10 centimeters. And you know, normally it's 10 centimeters, you know, the baby's ready to come out. You can go in with labor pains and you're only at two and three centimeters. Like I recall doing on my last child and the doctor said, just go ahead and walk around the, the hospital rooms and the, the hallways you know, waiting for, for the uterus to dilate more so the baby can come forward. So during this last stage, which they call the final stage or phase of labor, it progresses rapidly. 
So you can go from seven to 10 in no time flat. You see, the cervix is opening and it's the beginning of the baby's descent or birth. You see, the con contractions, that's the key point on that word, the contractions, they're lasting longer, they're closer together, and they're very strong in its intensities. The dictionary says that that period is both challenging physically and emotionally. Those con contractions that the mother is having, that's the process when you look up that word, it says the process of becoming smaller or shorter. Now we're talking about childbirth or this transitional period in relation to the world we're in, the age right now that we're in. It's challenging, right? I mean, it don't take a rocket scientist. It's challenging right now as this transitional period is. Most people, they say, many people, are suffering emotionally. That's part of that childbirth too. In that there's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on that mother. She's working it. The true word of labor is very significant in this process of a woman going through childbirth. She's literally in labor. There's a lot of behavior changes in that woman one moment she's loving her husband, the next moment she wants to kill him. You've heard these stories. One moment you're happy, next moment you're crying, you're screaming. If you just, I'm not trying to exaggerate. Many of us have experienced childbirth. You're hot, you're cold, you're indifferent, you're everywhere. You just wanna be left alone. You don't know what to do. You're panicky, you're scared. Nothing helps. You need something for the pain. You're in extreme pain. And the dictionary also said in describing this, that a lot of women are screaming and they're hitting. See, they're, they're, uh, they're forceful. They're not, it's not like it used to be. They're not the, the acting like they normally act is what I'm trying to say. That's the state and condition of this world. I don't have to modify it. I don't have to say nothing special about this world is crazy. There's so many different things that are going on right now. Let's look at what's going on in the world. And I'm not going to be long. I just want to share what was given to me. This, this, this what's called climate change. Dr. Kennedy talked about in his preface of the volume one um, textbook, you know, he to list what, and somebody can get that for me too, because it, it is a, it's a point. It's a state and condition of what's going on in this world. And this is where we are right now. You can also get for me over in Matthews, the 24th chapter, where it talks about the time uh, that's going on, um, about and with Noah and the close of that age. And then I want you to go to the ages and dispensation chart to try to be true to the topic as well, is that we, we have seven ages and seven dispensations and we're currently now in the present kingdom age 
or the last physical age of Yahweh's purpose. And once we go to that chart, then I'll explain that a little further. But can you get the first thing I ask for? That's in this textbook. If anybody's got that mm -hmm. textbook, you can begin reading. Um, you said the preface? Yes. The okay. Preface, the volume one. Mm -hmm. Do, do you in, want where it says in, it is in the climate of the above mentioned? Is that yes. what you're talking about? Thank you. Uh, so it's right here, this last paragraph. Okay. It's, um, well, you may want to go up. Yeah, go up and let's get with the climate. You don't have to read. Go up to the second to further add, and then we can drop down. You don't have to read that whole paragraph. But just the state and condition I told you about that transitional period. See, and this, this is something that Dr. Kenley wrote. And this textbook, I think, was uh, this section was written. Somebody knows. I think it's 71 or... Um, I'm not sure of the actual date, but it was the or, or 67. First edition was 1961, second edition 69, and so on and so forth. So go ahead and read. This was quite a few years back when Dr. Kennedy was talking about this state. Now, before you start, let's keep in mind also that the scripture, and we were told as we came into this teaching and uh, understanding that the end is declared from the beginning. You see, so it's a lot of things that are in its repeating that we can see as evidence that Yahweh had purpose and plan. Go ahead and read. This is volume one, the preface, second paragraph. To further add to the chaos and confusion in the world, there is strife and bloodshed between racial groups. Oh, no. I didn't think we would see that. My parents lived through that. You know, just think this racial thing, it's amazing. Go ahead and read. The blacks versus the whites, the yellows versus the reds, the Jews versus the Arabs, etc. Brother is fighting against brother, father against son, and mother against daughter, the young against the old, and everywhere there is utter chaos and disorder. The Jew-Arab situation seems to be the classical example of such conflict and it is potentially explosive enough to lead the whole world into armed aggression. Now, does it sound like this is today or 40 years ago? Today. <laughs> Even longer. Today. Go ahead and read. Neither the Jewish nations or the Arab nations will ever mention that Yahweh in his ultimate purpose and plan gave the land of Canaan over which they are now fighting to both nations as an inheritance. That's significant, but I want you to go ahead and drop down to the matter of the young people. All right, uh, down to the third paragraph. The matter of the young people and teenagers uprising needs special mentioning as these youngsters have come to the realization of the hypocrisy of Christendom and of their parents and have openly revolted against them. They have no further confidence in the government their church, their teaching institutions, or their parents. And rather to be a hypocrite, they have just given themselves over to whatsoever they willed. They take drugs openly and defiantly. They make love openly. They dress as they desire and raise hell whenever they choose. Okay. They are not, okay. they are not shackled by any morals, laws, or religious dogmas. It must be said for them that most of them are too honest to be a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. You want me to continue? Continue. It is in the climate of the above mentioned conditions, excuse me, 
that this second edition of Elohim, the archetype original pattern of the universe is being published. And hopefully we are endeavoring to reach the masses of the people who are in the doldrums of despair and hell. No, there can be no drawing back from the inevitable destruction of the world for Yahweh has purposed it to be so. But it is possible for one to free himself from the bondage of sin and ignorance and to come into the ark of safety in the glorious liberty of the sons of Yahweh. No one in his right mind could think that the world is going to go on and on and that eventually peace and harmony would prevail. For this has never been the case except for very short periods of time since man has been upon the face of the earth. It is the mercifulness of Yahweh to provide a way of escape out of this doomed world. And we should be eternally grateful to him for this precious salvation. Now, I let her read that one particular paragraph because there's no need to add anything to it. You see, it was perfectly stated. It stated the climate, the condition that the world is in, which is now. Is stated that there's no drawing back from the inevitable destruction because Yahweh purposed it, which is now. It says, but, but it's possible to free himself from bondage and sin and ignorance and to come into the ark of safety. So he set, gave the situation, but also the remedy for it. So that's why we don't despair. That's why we're so thankful right now. There's a remedy. There is a solution and it's Yahweh through his son, Yahshua, you see. But they mentioned in this paragraph about the climate of the above. Now there's a thing that's going on now in the world called climate change. Now the climate change is right along with that transitional period. It's a change. It's ready for that woman having that baby is right before the birth. Her, her, there's a change going on. And one of the definitions for climate is it's an indicator or climate change is an indicator of where we are. The word climate is an indicator. You can look it up on your own. I pulled this right from the dictionary. It's an indicator of where we are. And then change speaks for itself. You can know the definition of that. It's different. So this is where we are. Another definition for climate is atmosphere. This is the atmosphere. It's a, it's a strange atmosphere, a suspicious atmosphere. In other words, atmosphere being one of the definitions of climate is mood, temper, state of mind. Do those words sound very familiar today? What's the mood today? very short, very irritable. People will pull out a gun and shoot you because you didn't dry fast enough. You see, temper, everyone's mad because you don't wear a mask or you do wear a mask. It's just foolishness. So the state of mind is different. It's not like it used to be. And everyone says the same thing. I had an article that came in from uh, ARP, a senior citizen ARP bulletin. And on the front of the ARP bulletin in June's magazine was climate change in you. 
and they go on to talk, how do you get through as a senior citizen? How do you go through this climate change? It's a big deal. A lot of people don't want to admit it, but it is a big deal. Now what's happening in this climate change, the earth itself is warming 10 times faster than what it used to. The rising sea levels is happening. The shrinking of the mountain glaciers is a real concern. This is right in your current news. I've got this out of the news on, I think it popped up on my phone on, uh, I think it was last Saturday or something. It was talking about the shrinking mountain glaciers and that the shrinking of the glaciers can trigger a cascade of irreversible consequences, including flooding strong enough to engulf whole cities. Now, the problems that we're having is the extreme weather, the events associated with it, the damages that it causes, the heat waves have increased. There are bigger wildfires. It used to always be wildfires, but now they're insurmountable almost. Rising sea levels, deeper droughts. California over there is seriously in a drought and they got all those fires going. They expect, and as we see, more intense storms. So this climate change isn't just is physically happening in the earth plane, but it's also happening in the man. That's what I'm talking about, the mood and the irritability, just like that transitional period of that mother ready to give birth. Final conclusion of that, Yahweh is about to take this creation out. Now I say that because it is something for the sons to know. It's not just because we like to talk about it. It's a big deal to us. You know, we're making these major prophecies. No, Yahweh is telling us and he's showing it through the creation. So he's saying, watch it, look at it. Don't make a big deal about it, it's happening. So she brought up this ages and dispensation chart. The title is creation abides within Yahweh or eternity. And the, car, the orange fiery, that's supposed to symbolize all uh, orange uh, fiery cloud and that our Yahweh being, it being a representative of that cloud, if you would, having no discernible shape or form, but everything's within his purpose. And on this fiery cloud, you see a beginning and you see an ending. Now Yahweh had a purpose and he had a plan from the very beginning. He was going to come out of that pure spirit state manifest in a super or, or, or take on shape and form as of Elohim, super incorporeal and manifest in the physical body as Joshua the Messiah. So when he decided to create a creation, he decided to create a creation, a physical creation being in three physical um, ages, if you would. So in the beginning, it shows beginning, then it has angelic and then it has physical. The dot dot lines between the angelic and the physical is representing that the physical came right out of the spirit. That's what that means. He just drew the physical right out of the angelic creation or the spiritual. Remember, there was a war in heaven. There was a creation, if you would, a, a, a realm, a spiritual realm going on. 
called the angelic creation. It's over there in Revelations. Drew the physical right out of it. And you see on the side of that, where the words are written, Garden of Eden. And that was the period of time that Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden, you see. The first next plate is the first age. It's actually called the antediluvian age. And at the top of the chart, it says second age. The first age, I'm sorry, was the creative age. That's angelic and creating knowing, uh, I'm sorry, um, Adam and Eve in the garden. That's the first age. There's no time on that period of time when Adam was in the garden of Eden before the transgression, there was no time. They were in eternity, if you would, in peaceful bliss with Yahweh Elohim. After the transgression, when the man Adam willingly partook of the fruit, Adam wasn't deceived like Eve was deceived. The woman represents, the woman Eve represents the woman or the creation which was deceived right from the very beginning, you see. So the second age, a lot of times we wanna say the first age because it's the first physical age, but according to Yahweh's purpose, it's the second age. After that transgression in the garden, time began. This is how I was made to understand that, that when Adam and Eve was in the garden, the sun was at its zenith. At its zenith, it's like 12 noon. It never moved. It didn't come up, nor did it go down. It was always there. It was always light because it was represented a type of heaven, you see. So time did not begin. Once the sun start rotating or moving, because the earth is rotating around the sun, then that's when time began. You see, so that's the second age and it's called the anti-deluvian. Anti, anti means before, deluvian means flood. That age, Yahweh gave a period of time, 1656 years. I'm telling you people, I didn't know none of this prior to coming into this teaching. You mean to tell me there's some time? There's a difference between ages? periods of time, rightly dividing the word of tr truth, excuse me, does anyone, can someone pull that scripture up and just read it out when you get it? Because it goes right along with this. I think it's in Timothy, is it? You see? So there's a period of time. Just let mm -hmm. me know. Mm -hmm. I have it. Go ahead and read. Uh, Second Timothy 2 and I'll speak uh, 15. Mm -hmm. Study to show thyself approved unto Yahweh, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I think that is so pretty. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's telling you to study, mm -hmm. meditate, learn about Yahweh, learn about what he's doing, his purpose. And it's going to show yourself approved to Yahweh, not to the next man. But to Yahweh, a workman, what? Are we workmen? I told you what was said, I think, Dr. Kinley. We are, uh, what word did I say, ambassadors? 
Uh, we, we, uh, we, it's our obligation to be able to preach this, tell somebody about this gospel, let them know. Yahweh didn't reveal it to everyone like that. So if we got it, we need to share it because it's their only hope as is our only hope. So read it again, Dr. Hamilton. Sure, that's 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Study to show thyself approved unto Yahweh, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. So Yahweh's word is true. And he placed these ages and dispensations. You see that big word in the middle of the chart, big blue word, dispensation. What that means is the divine ordering of affairs by Yahweh. And I just never knew that. Maybe somebody else did. But until I stepped foot in one of these classes, I didn't know it was an age and a dispensation or a divine ordering of affairs. What do you mean? What's going to happen in that period of time? Now, that goes right back to childbirth. Remember I told you it was three primary um, trimesters, like these three ages? And in the development of that child, each trimester, there is an order. There is something that's dictated by spirit law, by law of nature to happen. And I can't remember what it is. The When you're pregnant, you're reading everything. You know, the head is formed, the brain is formed, the eyes are formed, the fingernails come out, so whenever. You see, then the heart is, and the lungs. Every trimester of that baby, something significant is happening for the development and for the coming birth of that child. That child has to be what? Fully formed. Mm -hmm. That child has to be fully developed or the child has consequences or the child could be stillbirth. You see what I'm saying? Stillborn, you know? Uh, so many different things can happening. So the perfecting and the order of that, it has to be such in order for that child to be born alive and healthy with his faculties, with all his limbs and the ability to, to survive. You see, that's from the natural childbirth. So likewise, in the spiritual side, the development is exactly the same. You see, we're developing, we're as children now, waiting to be born, if you will, you see. And we should, hopefully that birth has occurred. It occurs now being full grown. You know, Nicodemus asked the question, do you know, um, when Yahshua say you have to be born again, you know, do I need to get back in my mother's womb? Heck no, that's not going to happen, a grown man, but born from above, you know, and then delivered into the glorious light of Yahshua the Messiah at the instantaneous revelation, you see. So back to this ages and dispensation. So there was an order of affairs in the antediluvian age or the second age. Again, that age was, was 1656 years that Yahweh gave that time to, you see. Not gonna go into all of that. You know, there's other speakers, but I wanna say once again, this particular age 
1656 is considered a short age. Now, why that is, is because an age is approximately 2000 years long. Well, this happened to be 1656. So it's short, it's considered then as a short age. And when I came into this teaching, but the first began to come into the teaching, I remember they, during that particular time, all you heard in the news was shortages, shortages or short age. And that it was said, you know, that that's why there are it's a shortage of food, shortage of water, short. Well, we're back to that. You know, it seems like the earth went, you know, we're right back to everything is just helter skelter, you know. So this 1656 years is a short age. And in that age, you see Adam, you see Noah, you see the endemic dispensation, the noetic dispensation. Do yourself a favor. You know, I can't remember a lot of them and I need to myself go back and rehearse what it was that happened when you say what was the endemic dispensation, the noetic dispensation. You know, we have the scriptures listed there. Read about what happened then and what those dispensations were, you see. On that line, it says Noah and the flood. That happened in the antediluvian age. That was the age before the flood, but it ended with the flood, that whole age and a new beginning, you know, after they got into the ark, a new beginning. When the waters came and receded off the earth, a new beginning, you see. That new beginning brought in the post-diluvian age. Simply put, post means after, diluvian is flood. It's considered as the third age. The post-diluvian age is 2,377 years long. So the post-diluvian age is a short age because it's over 2,000. I'm sorry, it's a long age, thank you, because it's over 2,000. In this age, you see all the things that are listed along with the scriptures, the Noahic covenant. What was that? Know that right off the top of the, of the head. And that was he promised that it will never be destroyed, the earth. Yahweh promised the earth would, to Noah would never be destroyed again by water. He says that as long as the earth was, it'll be springtime, summer, fall, and winter. I'm paraphrasing. So he's told them that won't happen. Human government, Tower of Babel. They didn't believe him. The people didn't believe him. After Noadic, after the population started again. So they're going to build a tower as high as they could be. You see how vain man's mind is? Yahweh destroyed it with water. 40 days and 40 nights, he destroyed that antediluvian age with water. And yet, and still, people thought they can build a tower to outreach the water, you know, the power of Yahweh. So Yahweh confound their tongues. So it was held to skeleton. Nobody could understand anybody. You see, he fulfilled that by bringing the tongues, if you would, back together on the day of Pentecost, where everybody understood everyone's language. You know, he has a beginning, he has an ending. You know, a first and a last, Yahweh has fulfilled and done everything. Then you have Melchizedek and Abrahamic kingdom and priesthood. The scripture is there. I'm not sure to say it off the top of my head. I have to review it again. But that was 
the ordering of affairs that was happening in this post-Diluvian age. The physical kingdom of Israel, the law of cardinal ordinances, that was the big one. For, for years, you know, they were judged under that physical rule and physical law. The law was fulfilled in this age. Why? It's because the Messiah was born in the post-Diluvian age. And the Messiah was that purpose of Yahweh, or Yahweh himself to manifest in a physical body, to walk the earth plane, you see, and to come in and to fulfill all things written in the law and the prophets. The scriptures were testifying of Yahshua the Messiah, you see. So the law and the prophets, we understood, was the first five books of the Bible. Read it sometime. When you go through those first five books of Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, is law, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt do that. That's all. I remember when I first saw that, I never paid any attention to the Bible. I said, that's why they call it the law. Everything in all those five uh, chapters are talking about the law that was given to the children of Israel. So it was this teaching that in Yahweh's purpose that we understood, it was never talking to a Gentile at that time. It was never talking about the Gentile to do any of that. The laws that they had to do with that tabernacle out in the wilderness when it was given to them, that's in Exodus the third chapter and the 24th chapter and all, it's just such a beautiful story and like I have to rephrase back what I said in the very beginning too, Dr. Kenley preached this and it never changed. It never was altered. It's the self same story that lasted the test of time. That's what this vision has done, you see. So there was dispensations and orders of affairs. So Yahweh through Yahshua manifested in the physical body was manifested in that post-Diluvian age. And the scripture says he was born under this post-Diluvian age, under the law, to redeem them that was under the law. You know, it took me a long time to understand that. Now, isn't that a simple saying? He was born, if anybody knows where that is, find it. And then as soon as you find it, just let me know, interrupt. So it can be read. He was born under the law, because in Galatians, the third chapter, I think, to redeem them that was under the law. Mm -hmm. That's Galatians 4 and 5. Yeah. Uh, let me go up. Uh, that is, um, I'll start at 4. Mm -hmm. Even when the fullness of time was come, Yahweh sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. The fullness of time. See, Yahweh had timetables. That's what I'm trying. That's what we, when we talk about the ages and dispensation and his purpose through the ages and dispensation, he had orders of affairs, timetables. I have to stop right here and give you the physical example from a, your, our own physical body. We have, uh, Childhood, adolescent, and adult, or infancy, adolescent, and adult. Do we not? Those right. are the three physical ages that our physical body go through, if you would. Now, something very simple to understand this ages and dispensation chart is that if it's childhood, adolescent, and adult, 
then what you do in the childhood, let's say, is representative of the antediluvian age. Adolescent is representative of the post-diluvian age. Adult is representative of the present kingdom age. If that be the case, what you did as a child, you don't do as an adolescent. Give right. you an example. You play with a doll as a child, as a, as a little baby, a little person. You pretend you're driving, a, got a little car in your hand, and you, you're doing all of that. That's a child, or uh, what did I say? Infant. infant, like an infant stage. And there's a stage, I think it's to age it's 10 or whatever. I can't recall what it is. Adolescence from 12 on up, you know, to like, what, 21 when they consider you an adult or whatever. But it's those phases and stages that you go through. So as a child, you're not going to do play with dolls as a and uh, you're playing with the doll, I'm getting confused now. You're playing with the doll, you may be 12 years old and post diluvian age, but when you become an adult, you don't play with the doll, you have a baby. If you want to play like your mommy with the baby. In other words, the things that you do as a child or a baby, you're not gonna do as an adolescent. As an adolescent, you're, as an adult, you're not gonna do the things of an adolescent or it's going to look pretty strange you see, are they going to deem you not mentally right? Retarded. Retarded is the word, thank you, you see. So we can't go around acting retarded or doing childish things, you see, with the knowledge of Yahweh. So that's those three ages, they point to our physical ages. Now, the age, the end, for me, I never knew there was a beginning and an ending. Well, I just explained to you, childhood, adolescent, adult. You begin one period, you end the, the next. So here again, you become, you know, you're seven. My granddaughter is seven years old. Once she passed seven, she'll never get seven again. That, that period of time is done, it's over. Once you become an adolescent, you never go back to being a baby. Once you become an adult, you don't become a child again. So those ages and periods and orders of affairs in your own physical body, they start and stop according to Yahweh's purpose. So likewise here to the post-Diluvian age, I says 2,377 years, it ended on that line. If you can do that line again, see, because the antediluvian, that age ended with Noah and the flood, there were events. There were prescribed events that Yahweh set forward according to his purpose, begin and end. So now we're closing the post-Diluvian age. The Messiah comes in, he dies the death willingly, just like Adam willingly partook of the fruit and died psychologically, spiritually in his conscience and had to be expelled from the garden. That was an event that Yahweh planned for Adam because he told them be fruitful and multiply. So while they were in that garden, obeying Yahweh's rules, they was not, their eyes were not open to the flesh. They couldn't see one another that way to even want to procreate. So he had to purpose them to fall, to come out of the garden. You see, in other words, it was Yahweh's purpose that he partook of that fruit to get on out of there. Now here's the post-Diluvian age, rebuilding mankind and all of that, you see. 
And so the Messiah had to come in, die this death of an outcast dog. And it was terrible. The suffering, the things that our Messiah has done and says, you think you got problems. Think on the suffering of the Messiah. And each and every time when we're depressed and in a way, if you start reading something and thinking about Yahshua, he will remove that depression. It, I've tried it. It'll take your mind another place. Every day, as we, we recently had the Dick Davis tape read, he said, you, you got pain, Yahshua had pain. He feels what you feel. You see, I'm telling you people, this is so beautiful. I know I went a whole long about way, but the gist of the matter is we got something to look forward to. We got a savior. He will help us through this traumatic stage of transition. You know, this birthing, if you would, out of the physical to the spirit. Now, let me, let me put you in a secret right now. Hopefully it's already happened. See, the physical is gonna come after what should have happened in the spirit. Your mind shouldn't be all on that. The world, the uh, warm climate change, the warming, the sea levels rising. Oh, I'm so terrified. I'm gonna build a shelter. No, we don't react that way in Yahshua. We don't have to. He gives us peace. He's just like he said with that sea, peace, be still. It's going according to his purpose. So it was his death, his burial, his resurrection. I'm talking about Yahshua, the Messiah, the one that came in to save all mankind. He manifested in the flesh and died the death of an outcast dog. And that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And then he poured his spirit out on the day of Pentecost, as Acts, the second chapter, he poured it out in the upper room and that brought in this present kingdom age. Now you're in the third trimester. You see what I'm saying? You're about ready to be born from the spirit taken off the flesh. But this present kingdom age, that's the fourth age at the top. Now notice there's no time in antediluvian is 1656 years, post-diluvian is 2377 years, present kingdom at the top of this chart where it says present kingdom, there is no age. So Dr. Kenley told us the age ended in 1960. You see how you be all over the place and Yahweh just calms it down. The age ended in 1960. Now, I don't have a board to calculate anything. I don't need to do that. You can take the time and you can add all these ages up because there's significance to it. But this present kingdom age that we're in, what you're supposed to be doing right now is learning and understanding Yahweh as he really is and actually exists from a spiritual standpoint. And in other words, not doing anything physically with your hands, with your feet, don't eat, don't drink, nothing towards salvation, nothing towards worshiping your creator. You put your hands behind your back, tie them up and pretty much shut up too. But the only thing you're going to do is preach the gospel. That's what we do now. Believe on him who was sent that he came in to do it all. 
So he poured out his spirit. Seven years later, he picks up the Gentiles. Prior to that, it was just the, the Jews. Now it's the Gentiles. He came in to save mankind. It's such a wonderful Elohim. This is the spiritual kingdom on earth. We've already supposed to be in the kingdom. Already, people. This is what Yahweh's telling me. We'll be waiting for the kingdom. You're supposed to have the kingdom in you. You're supposed to be realizing. And who's sitting on the throne? There's a king in the kingdom. So right now, we're supposed to be seeing the actions and the workings of the king. That's why different ones are talking about experiences that they're feeling and having. That intimate relationship with the creator. The ever presence of Yahweh is what we're supposed to be experiencing now. Listen to what I said. The ever presence, omnipotent presence of him. You can feel him. You can hear him. He is talking to us in this age like never before because we're ready to cross out of this. And just like he did back there with his children, uh, with, his, with his disciples, they came to him, Matthew, in Matthew's 24th chapter and said, tell us. They came unto him privately and said, tell us what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the age. So they asked him a physical question. Now Yashem decides to sell, remember, not he's not going to change. He's going to talk to his chosen. That's not that hard to understand. He's going to show them, reveal to them. They seen him disappear, reappear. They felt him. They heard him. And we want to say, oh, I don't, I'm all by myself here. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Yeah, we, at the ever presence of Yahweh, that's being in tune to the spirit, in tune to the creator in you. I'm not talking about something that's outside of you. That's why you have a conscious, you hear talking. Yahweh is forever talking to us. Don't do that. Do this. I was telling my sister just briefly and I'll be down. I, the experience I had with my I, I literally, I was in Target and literally lost my purse. I was, went to a counter, picked up a baby item, a big box, and laid my purse down, put the box in the cart, and walked away. Had my granddaughter with me. Had my purse, every credit card, our own license, checkbook. Yeah, I'm still carrying the checkbook. You know, car uh, pods, couldn't even get back into my car. Everything's in my purse. But guess what? For two weeks prior to that happening, every time I went out I, and had my purse with me, I would think on someone snatching my purse or losing my purse. And I just ignored it. I was starting when the pandemic started to wear this little pouch around my waist. I'm like, you know, it's like the mom jeans, I guess, you know. So I stopped doing that in a sense, you know, I wanted to carry my purse. Anyhow, I carries this purse put it on the countertop, walked away. When I walked away, I was in the store for at least an hour after that. Didn't even realize I didn't have my purse. Then all of a sudden, when it was time for Yahweh to reveal, <laughs> I said, my purse. And I reached to my shoulder. It was like it just came in my mind. I wasn't trying to get nothing out of it. And I reached for my purse. It wasn't there. My granddaughter Madison was with me and I literally audibly said, 
oh no, loud. If anybody was around me, they would have heard me. I said, Yahshua, no. Oh no, Yahshua, please. I said, Yahshua, please. And believe me, I stood in one spot and turned around several mm -hmm. times, just like you do, you see in the movies. I'm no, I didn't know which way to go. I've been in Target for over an hour. Mm. Which aisle did I last in? Where was I at? And I tell you, I have never experienced anything like this. <laughs> because when I said, Yahshua, no, yeah. he showed me that I made that supplication, that appeal to Yahweh. I didn't care who was around. I said, Yahshua, please, That's right. please. And he turned me. I can't show you what, how. Yeah, I cannot show you how this happened. He turned, I'm just gonna say it. I Once he had me moving, cause I was turning around without able to move out of that spot. I was just, oh no, oh no. Turning head around, moving my feet in one spot. And once he got me moving, he told me, go straight. I went straight. Maddie's following me right behind, like on my heel. She said, grandma, grandma, turn left, turn right turn left again, make another right turn, go straight. And when I went straight, I'm facing my purse. Mm -hmm. I kid you not. I never thought you left that purse by the baby's department, never once. And he had me, when he showed me that purse, all I can do, I said, thank you, Yashua. Thank you, Yashua. Thank you. I said, I cannot believe he directed me, you know, using words. He directed me. I went stumbling. Turn left, turn right, turn right, turn right, go straight. There it is. <laughs> Yahshua talks to us people. So in this age, I know it's time for me to get down. In this age, present kingdom age, there's no, what's the, what you can calculate, you can put 2021 in there with the other ages. Remember, it's a 33-year era in that they had the Messiah born in the present kingdom. You see the circle there? They had him born in this present kingdom age. So you have to take 33 years out of the calculation, this present kingdom age, because he wasn't, he didn't live in this age. He lived in the post-Diluvian age. See, I know it's kind of confusing, but ask Yahweh, you want to know it? Ask him to reveal it to you. He lived in the post-Diluvian age. Remember, she read the scripture in Galatians, born under the law, that was the post-Diluvian, to redeem them that was under the law. And then that line, death, burial, resurrection, is when he died. See the cross there? That ushered mankind into a spiritual kingdom, present kingdom, earth, uh, age. That's why it's called the present, it's a gift, kingdom, you're in it, age. This is the period of time. This is the third trimester, if you will. <laughs> I don't know how to say that, you know. But nevertheless, that's where we are. That's where we are. You see? And it's, it's, it's funny. I just thought, you know, uh, it's just funny. Anyhow, the present kingdom age. That's where we're at. It says kingdom on earth right here. Physical, right here. Spiritual assembly, body of Yahshua. Where, where? 
spiritual assembly where? We don't even have a building. Where's the assembly at? I mean, just think about that. It's in you. There is a spiritual assembly that Yahweh is forming. That's the body of Yahshua. That's what's going to go back into where we came from, our real home. See, that's where we're supposed to be. The Holy Spirit through faith. How do we get there? It's through faith. Like I said to you, what do you do now? There's nothing you can eat. There's nothing you can do. No more crackers. No more making signs of cross. No more donating. And you're giving your hard-earned money to the church to build a church. None of that. It's through faith. It's he did it. I believe he did it. I believed he accomplished my salvation through his death, burial, and resurrection. Under that is Pentecost. This is scripture, Acts 2 and 1. Spirit law, Romans 8 and 2. You see, this is no longer the physical Mosaic law, but now we're under a spiritual law. What's the spiritual law? Worship Yahweh in spirit and in truth. That's the spiritual law now. It's not the physical Ten Commandment law. Learn of Yahweh all that you can, as much as you can, whenever you can. Now he circled that whole section there and right there, fulfilled. Remember, look at the promise next to it. Is that's the promise of period. He made a promise with Abraham. In other words, people, this is Yahweh's purpose. He didn't do nothing out of order. He wasn't confused. He wasn't none of that. So here you have in this spiritual kingdom, present kingdom, he fulfilled all things. It's got an arrow pointing to Jeremiah 31, 31. Please get that for me very quickly and get 2 Corinthians 3 and 3. This is the New Testament or covenant that is written in our hearts and minds. It is no longer on tables of stone, but he wrote it in us like the law of the development of that child. Now tell me any parent, any mother that had a baby, did you do anything to alter the development of that child? Did you do anything to, I'm gonna hit my stomach 10 times or something to form the heart? You didn't do none of that. See, it's spirit law. It was done spiritually, purposed by Yahweh. That's like that New Testament or the new covenant. It's already done for us. He wrote it in our hearts and in our minds. You got the scripture? Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31 and 31. Mm -hmm. Behold, the days come, says Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith Yahweh. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. This will be the covenant that I will make with the, covenant, with the house of Israel. Listen carefully, read. After those days, saith Yahweh, I will put my law in their inward parts Stop, and please. write it in their hearts. Okay, pause for one moment. After those days, See, Yahweh had a purpose, he had a plan. So that's after his birth, his, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his outpouring, his ascension. If you're counting it, it was seven. It was a perfect step, a perfect, um, a perfect, perfect purpose. It was a perfect order of affairs, if you will. That's what Yahweh did. 
you know, he fulfilled it all. After those days, I will write them in their heart. See, it's not on tables of stone like it was when Moses had to go up to the mount. Continue reading, Dr. Lewis. After those days, says Yahweh, I will put my law in their inward parts and mm -hmm. write it in their hearts mm -hmm. and they and will be their Elohim and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know you Yahweh. For they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith Yahweh. Mm -hmm. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Okay. Isn't that beautiful? So you ask Yahweh, he forgive our iniquities and remember the sin. Now he fulfilled that. There's no more sin you see, all of that. So this is where we are. Now, we talked about all those um, verses on the end of each one of those ages on the, going sideways. You see what's going sideways up the chart on the present kingdom age? Revelation of Yahshua the Messiah. The significant people, revelation of Yahshua the Messiah. I'm going to go as far there as far as right now. You've heard it. I'm going to say it again. We better have a revelation of Yahshua Messiah on this side of that line. You're going to see him on the other side. When you look on the other side of that line, it says fifth age kingdom, age Sabbath. There's one big word to tell you what this age is like. Immortality is no physical in the fifth age. No physical body no physical mountains, no physical uh, houses, no physical earth. It's immortal, you see. The revelation of Yahshua has to be while you're in this flesh, you're still housed in this body, but the revelation is gonna go on in your, on your heart and in your mind, you see. You have to see the vision of Yahweh now through Yahshua. That's what, he, that's what these classes are for. That's what he called us by name for. You know, he wants to give us this gift. That's what it's for. So I'm not sad. I'm not sad. I'm not scared. You see what I'm saying? Yes, this world is going through a lot. And it's yet it's going to be a lot more to go through. But now, I've got to say all of this. Of course, it's so important. This is, what he this is what he's been telling me lately. It's almost like a driving point. You know, understand where you are and act accordingly. That's so important. The first age I told you, or the second age, the antediluvian age was a short age. The third age, the end, the, the scripture that says the end is declared from the beginning. We're in the last age of the three physical ages. So that this is considered as the end of the three physical ages. So if the end is declared from the beginning, let's see something. Get over there for me, Matthew. It's the 24th chapter was it says, as of the days of Noah. And then go back to Genesis. What is it, six and seven or something like that, where it describes the days of Noah, if you can get that for me. He's talking to us now, people, and we're going to have to act accordingly. Now, prior to the close of the physical age with the flood, he made a way out of that age. He made a point of salvation, you see, for the people. 
that were left in that age. They have physical bodies on. Just get my point. If you can just follow me. This is what Yah this is how Yahweh talks to me. The one speaker last week was talking about coming him to him as a child. It's like he's talking to me as a child. Didn't I say that? Don't you see that? You see, understand this. So he did something to give our confidence of where we are right now, grant you confidence. He's got to be in you, but there's something we see in the physical examples. Remember, it takes the natural to understand the spirit. So read over there for me in Matthew's the 24th chapter. I'm sorry, what exactly did you want, Doctor? 24, which says, as of the days of Noah. What is that for? Okay, um, that is Matthew 24 and 22. Uh, maybe that's not it. And except those days should be short. No, that's not it. As of the days, I think it's around, it's in around the 40. It's around, a, yeah, it's, a 20, it's 37, actually. Right. 24 and 37. Mm -hmm. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Okay, stop one moment, Dr. Mm -hmm. Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Now, she says, as the days of Noah were. So go back, look up here on the antediluvian age, that period of time. And it says, as of the day, where it says Noah and the flood as of the days of Noah were. It was a world populated with people. As those days were, continue reading in Matthew. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Hmm. For as in those days that were before the flood, mm -hmm. they were eating and drinking, mm -hmm. marrying and giving in marriage mm -hmm. until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. Yeah. So shall also the coming of the son of man be. There you be, you see? So he's telling us to look at the days of Noah, what they were. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving into marriage. In other words, they was living life. I see the five minute, thank you. Read over there in Genesis. The Genesis mm -hmm. six and one. Okay. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of Elohim saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives all of all of which they chose. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh said, and my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll drop down to the fifth verse. Mm -hmm. And Elohim saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth yes. and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Mm -hmm. So that was a description of what the days of Noah were. Wicked, evilness continually in the heart. It's today, people, but we're not going to worry about that. We're going to ask for Yahweh's protection we're going to go about our business praising him and relying on him for his salvation. Because what we need to do now, the way of salvation back there in the beginning was through the ark. The way of salvation right now from this doomed world, as Dr. Kinley said, is through the ark. Yahweh don't change. What's the ark? The ark of safety is Yahshua the Messiah. Let me see the tabernacle real quick. When you think of the ark of safety, you know, you have to go into, now this is within yourself, but we talked about stand in the holy place. In the holy place of the tabernacle pattern is a candlestick, seven branch, that's Yahshua. He says, I'm the light of the world. 
There was a 12 loaves of showbread, table of showbread. He says, I am the bread. That's Joshua. There was an altar of incense. He says, no man comes to the father, but, me, but by me. That's Joshua. So you stand into, into the light. You be fed by the substance of Joshua. You rely on the intercessing of Joshua to the father. That's our only salvation. You see, in other words, you stand in him. He's the ark. It's not hard. He's the ark. He's our ark of safety. He's, he's what will cause us to transcend these veils, you know, and we've been told to show lately how it's not even, you know, death is just another part of life, you see, and it's coming to that. You know, I, I dreamt of both of my brothers that recently passed last night and they were together. And in the dream, Dr. Eugene Brazil and Dr. Leroy Brazil, they were together and they were going to catch a plane and this may sound kind of silly to some people, but I felt when I woke up from the dream, I was in the dream, I was so happy. And it was something that made me think again, at rest, at peace, you know, the Yahweh's glory is Yahweh's glory in this flesh and after this flesh. That's what we have to understand. But I just want you guys to know that there is salvation. What Yahweh has done, he done it for us. He allowed us to know him. He called our name. We're in this glorious liberty, this understanding of this teaching. I am so grateful for Yahweh right now at this time in my life because I realize if I didn't have him right now, this time in my life, I don't think I would be. In fact, I know I would not be right. See, it would be too many things that you ingest in this world. That's why it's so important to come into the bonds of peace. Turn on these lectures. However way you do it, we pray that we get back into a physical class, but dedicate your life, dedicate your time to hearing the word of Yahweh, and you will not regret it at all. I hope somebody got something out of it. Hope it wasn't too wordy. Hope you were able to follow me. But I say all things with the, in the, with the love of Yahshua Messiah and the desire that somebody might have an understanding about something that was said. If you got anything, give all praises to Yahshua. These words, I thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. And again, our, uh, this is a special topic Sunday. Uh, the topic is Yahweh's purpose through the dispensations and ages. And we ask that if you are called on to please center your discourse around this topic. And for our second speaker, I'm happy to call this afternoon is from our Southfield, Michigan class, Dr. Rhonda Brazil. Dr. Brazil. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. I am truly thankful to Yashua to be able to um, hear once again the words of Yahweh. Um, pertaining to his divine purpose, pattern, and plan. And moderator, can you recite again what the topic is? It is Yahweh's purpose through the dispensations and ages. Thank you. The previous speaker labored to get across how the uh, purpose of Yahweh is manifested through the stages of man. Um, and I thought that was very beautiful 
likening this to the birth of a child and the trimesters that a woman goes through. And um, all of us have been born and some of us have had children and we can relate to that experience of when that birth comes closer. I wanna touch on, and I won't be, uh, well, um, we'll see how Yahweh allows, but I wanna go into this sixth dispensation that we're in, because um, it is vitally important. And uh, I appreciated the words of admonishment to be in tune, to be aware, to be conscious of Yahweh's purpose and his ever presence at all times. And the previous speaker mentioned uh, about transitioning from this physical realm into the spiritual realm and how that should have already happened for you spiritually and psychologically within you. So I wanna elaborate on that just a little bit further and do um, um, try to get across uh, the magnitude of where you are in Yahweh's purpose with regard to sixth dispensation. Now, if you go into your Elohim book in the first volume, you will have a listing of the dispensations and ages um, together. Um, there's seven of them. And the sixth dispensation is called Kingdom of Immortality. So on your chart, you zoom in there on the uh, fourth age, you have fifth and sixth as the dispensations that are present in that age. Now, the reason why the two of them are together, fifth and sixth, the fifth dispensation was ushered in with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit where Yahshua ushered in the age of grace. This entire age is free of the physical carnal ways of worship. So the fifth dispensation is called the dispensation of grace. It may be listed that way in your Elohim book in the first volume. And then the sixth dispensation is called the kingdom of immortality that used to be over on the um, other side. Um, I believe that was already mentioned in the fifth age. And Dr. Kinley brought that sixth dispensation from the fifth age back over to the fourth age here in the present kingdom age where we dwell right now. That was, uh, that change was effectuated to coincide with the 10th age. And can you get, um, can you please moderator cite the 10th aim? Hello? I'm sorry, I had to hit mute. To inherit eternal life now uh -huh. in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Okay, so the 10th aim, to inherit eternal life now. This is the sixth dispensation. This is the kingdom of immortality, eternal life, which is not mortal life. Eternal life is beyond the possibility of death. And that is inheriting eternal life to inherit. That's one of our goals and objectives. 
objectives. That's the 10th one, by the way. And 10 in Yahweh's numerology means concrete. That means something that's solid. Okay, so the 10th aim, you know, and we're not talking about solid in terms of physically solid, but in terms of metaphorically solid, it is, is clear, it's understandable, it's solid. You can stand on it. It's concrete. That's what 10 is. Um, nine is um, complete, I believe. Eight is new beginning. Seven is the full cycle of perfection. But 10 is concrete. 10 also, because zeros have no place value, becomes that one again. But um, when Yahweh is, has delivered unto you through the preaching of the gospel, um, the knowledge and understanding of Yahweh's purpose as it really is and actually exists, that actually performs a spiritual operation within you. The knowledge of Yahweh Elohim replaces the ignorance that previously inhabited your mind. Ignorance, darkness, unconsciousness, all of those things are synonymous and operate to keep you separated from your heavenly father. Thank you. They have the Elohim book. Um, and it says present, it says church age or assembly age. Then it says the kingdom, which is, uh, that's the age. Fifth age is the kingdom. The sixth age is the perfect and the seventh age is the sabbatical where the dispensations are the church or assembly. It says grace immortality kingdom and sabbatical kingdom so that's what i said this dispensation is called the dispensation of immortality or kingdom of immortality now dr kenley had that moved from the age that was called the perfect back to the age that is called the present I'm sorry, the age that's called the kingdom back to the age that's called the present. That sixth dispensation of immortality kingdom was in the fifth age, the kingdom. But Dr. Kinley had it moved on the chart from the fifth age, the kingdom, back to the fourth age, the present. So he's talking about kingdom of immortality in the present age. That's your 10th thing. To inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah. We who have been a recipient of the knowledge and understanding of Yahshua the Messiah is sealed by the Holy Spirit. We have been translated right now into the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah. That kingdom is immortal. That kingdom is eternal. You are in or translated to the kingdom of immortality while you are yet in this physical body by having that immortal spirit of Yahshua the Messiah manifest and operating in your heart and mind. That is that kingdom of immortality in mortality now let me get um i think it was already called to john 14 
where the Messiah is saying, start at 14 and one and read it out of your, um, I think it's King James Version that I want. That's John 14 and one. Uh-huh. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. Now that same sentiment should be present with us as the previous speakers talked about the very monumental things that are happening in this earth plane. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in Yahshua the Messiah. Now there's a particular reason why he's saying that to the disciples, they were Jews and there were certain beliefs of the Jews that he was addressing at that point. But still the point is, let not your heart be troubled. That's what Yahshua Messiah said. And it was all these things happening for me personally and I was all troubled. And then Yahweh brought to my remembrance. Now I said, let not your heart be troubled. <laughs> Understand? Believe in Yahweh. Have faith in Yahweh. And see, you can't have faith in something you don't know nothing about. That's why the knowledge of Yahweh, not there's nothing that Yahweh has told us, particularly through this vision and revelation, that we should be giving short shrift and ignoring. Nothing. Everything Yahweh has taken the time to tell us about is important. It is important in establishing your implicit faith in him. Learning and understanding the intricacies of how Yahweh operates, even the little things that you think, oh, well, we, we ain't got to talk about that. Uh-uh. You talk about that. Yahweh talked about that. Yahweh is the one that told you about that. And you repeat and rehearse what Yahweh said, because that is what he gave to give you faith, implicit faith in him. And without faith, it's impossible to please Yahweh. You can't have faith in something you don't know nothing about. So it has to be told to you. Then Yahweh allows that to grow and the revelation of it comes. And the, you see the testing of it comes through the trials and tribulations so that you can absorb and it can be absorbed in you and you become reconciled with it that knowledge and understanding of Yahshua Messiah by the Holy Spirit then it has an effectual working within you as the previous speaker talked about this is where we should be in our disposition attitude in our climate this is where we should be with Yahweh in the sixth dispensation. Now that sixth dispensation, the kingdom of immortality, immortality is a fulfillment of what the Messiah is about to say or the spiritual fulfillment of what the Messiah is about to say here in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. Go ahead and read on. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, we read that previously in our previous affiliations, and we had no idea what the Messiah was talking about. It's this vision and revelation given by Yahweh. As I just said, Yahweh told us a lot of things in this vision and revelation, and none of it was idle or something just to be said. Everything he said to us meant something and is connected with something else he's saying. So he, Yahweh, 
describe to us what the Messiah is saying when he said this. So that where I am, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you may be also. The entire Christian world believes that Jesus Christ has gone off on a cloud, preparing the kingdom in the sky and heaven, and will be back, will be back to get us and take us up to our mansion in the sky. So in my father's house, there are many mansions. Now the correct interpretation, see, we can't have the correct interpretation with our natural mind without of vision and revelation without the Holy Spirit telling us we can't have the proper interpretation of it. So Yahshua, through, through this divine vision and revelation, revealed to us what he was talking about when he said that, in my father's house on many mansions. That special prepared body that he was walking around in was his father's house. He said, I of myself can do nothing. It is a father in me that doeth the work. That was his father's house or his father's dwelling was that physical body, that special prepared body that he was in tabernacling with them. Signify what that sanctuary back there in the wilderness was. That tabernacle, he said, let them make me a sanctuary that I might dwell amongst them. That was that physical tabernacle in the wilderness signified and typified Yahshua Messiah's physical body. And it says, that was Yahweh's dwelling place. And he dwelled on the um, wings of the cherubim, between the wings of the cherubim and the Ark of the Covenant. So he dwelled in Yahshua Messiah. The father was in him doing the work. That's what he said. So that was his father's house. And there are many mansions, it says. Now, what this vision explained to us was how to break down that word mansions into man's sons. You understand these were the sons of Yahweh, son of man, you know, son, man's sons. There are many of them in him, in Yahshua Messiah, who is the Holy Spirit. And he, Yahshua, was going to prepare a place for them. And what do you mean? Not going up in the sky, but he was taking off that physical body because his eternal immortal spirit, the father dwelling in him, Yahweh Elohim manifest in the flesh was where he purposed that you and I would be also. And that's what he told Nicodemus. No man ascendeth into heaven, except he that come down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. So he's walking around in heaven while he's yet in that physical body. He has immortal spirit dwelling within him. And his purpose was that after he accomplished the work of Yahweh to fulfill that law of sin and death and move that out of the way, he would grant the access to that heavenly state by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the very spirit that's in him now being and taking up residence within you. So that is the place that he was preparing for you. He had to get out of the physical body to do that. He was the container for all of the Holy Spirit walking around in that earth plane at the time. Him and him alone. And so he had to take off the flesh to pour out the Holy Spirit on mankind, on his chosen, 
you see he poured it out in that upper room and then taught them told them to go out and preach and all those that received were given the gift of the holy spirit and so that was him preparing a place for you that where he was that immortal spirit walking around in heaven while yet in the physical body is where you can be also and that's what we are standing in in the sixth dispensation that's exactly where we are while in this physical body having an immortal spirit dwelling within you that's the place yahweh has prepared and has put you in now becoming conscious ever conscious always conscious of that reality that's reality that's reality and that's where everybody's problem lies is that they fail to become conscious of that and that's in that panoramic vision pamphlet panoramic vision and power within you transcript becoming conscious of Yahweh within you or the power within you you understand that power within you is absolutely necessary to transform your physical body into that next state. That's the power that must be there in order for you to inherit that immortal glorification that's in that 10th item. To inherit eternal life now, that's the immortal spirit now, with the hope of immortal glorification I'm sorry, I missed a good part of that aim. To inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the newer state. So that, that hope is not, oh, I wish, I hope it, I really hope it happens. No, that hope is by the eternal spirit that dwells within you, the Holy Spirit, that gives you that hope of that new body that immortal glorification state that's how you have that coming to you is by that spirit that dwells within you now that's the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state and yahweh that can say yahweh is going to create a new heaven and new earth state that is you understand the future state in which you will dwell the kingdom is set up already you understand you're in that kingdom been formed from the foundation of the world you've been translated in that into that kingdom without seeing death now that explained when yahweh finally gave me the revelation of what that is that finally made me to understand what my dad eugene brazil used to always say he said now taking off this flesh will be like walking from one room to the next you understand? We all this fear and trepidation about rending the veil of the flesh. You see, if you are conscious of where you already are, now remember now, this is Yasha. I want you to go to the uh, elementary chart for a second and home in on those first two plates that are one on top of the other on the left side of the chart. You have the transgression plate on top of the death, burial, resurrection plate. That's what Yahshua came in and did. 
The man fell from this very state I'm talking about. He was in a physical body. He had an immortal spirit. His, he was a living soul. He was free from sin. He was innocent. And he was conscious of Yahweh's ever presence, walking and talking with him in the garden. That's where the man was. Listen, in the day of eternity, without time. So here you have on the other end of Yahweh's purpose, here in the sixth dispensation, this is where Yahweh has restored us back to. The 10th chapter of Revelation talks about that seventh angel that lifted up his hand to heaven and declared that there be time no longer. That seventh angel was Dr. Killing. And those of us who have received the teachings and admonishments of this divine vision and revelation that Yahweh gave to our founder, you've been translated. And listen, you are now operating outside the realm of time. You are in the day of eternity. You've always been in the day of eternity, but now the consciousness of it. You see how Paul talked about, he said, I'm afraid of you. You observe days and years and you know, months and feast days, that's still in the natural. We're not walking around in the natural anymore. Yahweh having translated us in the spirit, we're looking, this is what this chart, this Asian dispensations chart is showing us. You know, we're looking at it as a two dimensional medium, but we're looking from eternity to eternity. You're looking into that. That's that cloud opened up and revealing that. So you're walking back and forth through time, but time is within eternity. We don't have no time no longer. We can go back to all the way to the days of Noah and we go all the way up to when we rent this veil of the flesh and beyond. We know what's happening all the way through. So there's time no longer, just like Adam did not exist in time. He existed in the day of eternity, not conscious of time. You understand? So we're not looking at our watches. You know, in calculating calendars because we're already there. Oh, it's overtime. Ain't no overtime. Oh, how much time we got? Listen, you ain't got none. You're out of time. You're beyond time. And you're looking at this and it's a fluid thing. Like, you, like, like my dad used to say, walk from one point in your house to the other because you're in the house. You're in your father's house. You see, and this physical and the angelic are parallel to one another. Those that passed before us have not gone on to their inheritance yet. They're waiting on us. They're at rest waiting on us just in the next realm. It's right here with you. It's just in the realm of the invisibility. But they're right here with you. They've crossed into the next room. Still a waiting room. And so look, where that man was, Adam, walking and talking with Yahweh Elham, that's what the previous speaker beautifully illustrated. You become conscious of that communication with Yahweh. This is not something Yahweh's saying idly to us. He's not just talking. We got to get out of that. Yahweh ain't just talking to you. He is telling you something for your own good. There will be a time where you, like Dr. Lewis, will be alone and by yourself and you can't call nobody for help. You better be able and you better know and you, have, you better have some confidence. You can call Yahshua, that Yahshua within you, 
and have him lead and guide you to anything that you need to into all truth, into a knowledge and understanding of him as he really is and actually exists, to food, to water, to safety. You better be able to call on Yahshua within you and have that communication going on within you. And I was, um, last time I was talking about this, I was talking about, now you, you, you try it out. You understand what I'm saying? Sit and meditate on these things and ask Yahweh something and see if you have that communication. You do. Many times we're just not conscious of it. But what I'm talking about is working to become conscious of that. You, you're conscious of when the party starts. Become conscious of Yahweh and that communication with him in you. And confident in that. And Yahweh will give you a series of experiences. You understand? He will, he will make you to go through to some things to give you that confidence. So all of us have to come to it. We have to remember. You understand? We have to come. It has to become a conscientious realization in our own heart and mind. His ever presence. And the power that that has you tapped into then. That's the power to translate this physical body into an immortal glorified body. That's the kind of power we talk about. I see your five minute bell. So where Adam was, as it shows on that chart, that's where Yahshua brought the man back up to restore the man back to that. That's where you and I stand right now. That's receiving your inheritance on this side of the river, like some of the children of Israel did before they crossed over in Canaan land. Canaan land was on both this side before you came to the River Jordan and that side after you got over the River Jordan. So you have inheritance of eternal life and immortality in you right now. Now that's something worth becoming more conscious of and it will help you to do so. That's what eliminates fear. Perfect love and the knowledge of Yahshua Messiah. That's the love of the truth. Cast out fear. You don't have any fear of that anymore. I'm not afraid to walk to my kitchen. That's what you're doing, going from one age to the next. We don't have fear of that anymore when we know. Now, I hope and trust that Yahweh is growing all of his sons to that point. He ain't leaving nobody behind. We're not trying to figure it out. Yahweh's growing us up to that point. And that's why we're going through the things we're going through. So have faith in Yahweh. It is all coming about just as he planned. He's brought you here for you to be a recipient of it. He didn't bring you here for nothing. He's chosen you out of the world for this. That's something to be really happy about. And see Yahweh working. And ask Yahweh, let me see you working. Let me see you working in me and communicating with me and it will happen. I hope you got something out of it. If you did, all praises to Yahshua Messiah. Hallelujah. 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 This brings an end to this afternoon's class. We would like to thank our speakers, Dr. Lewis and Dr. Brazil for their discourse. 
Thank you to our visiting brother and all other participants for joining us this afternoon. We hope that everyone was edified and asked that you come back and study with us. We hold classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. and on Sundays from 11.30 to 1.30 p.m. We will now have doxology taken from the last two verses in the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time, now and ever, let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> 